Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Spring has sprung, and I'm down at Merrimack Spring Park with Wes Hui and Kendra Hui. Wes is the regional manager of the James Foundation. Kendra, I'm not sure what your title is. I think you're really the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, it's a really long one. It's Interpretive Services Coordinator. Wow. Now, (laughs) most people are not going to know what that means. I got a general idea of what that means because I was in Interpretive Services many decades ago. (laughs) And uh, I'm not sure things have changed a great deal because you're still in the information business and sharing that information with with people. But, Wes, uh, we're just a few weeks into the the trout season. How did the trout opener go this year? It was great. Uh, We had a really nice Monday for opening day. Uh, It wasn't as busy as last year, but Sundays are typically the most popular days. And But... Monday, it was great. We had about 1,092 anglers show up. Uh, a little bit different because people were wearing masks. And, but, and uh, we cut back on a few of the, the, uh, the uh, niceties that people enjoy, like coffee and donuts down in the, in the yeah, visitor. That's why I didn't show up. I knew there wasn't going to be coffee and donuts. I know. So. I mean, we, we heard about it. And I'm like, we're, we're at least open and having the event. And, uh, boy, that's for sure. But, I bet people really appreciated that. Everybody dealt with COVID for the last year. Yeah. Got cabin fever big time. Yeah. We've noticed that people are really excited to be out and about and enjoying the park. Um, that following weekend, beautiful weather. I mean, I think it got up in the 60s and sunny, and the park was just packed. It was, it was <laughs> great to see everybody out. Uh, lots of fish were caught. You know, we saw stringers just full and and heading up and down the banks. I mean, it was cool to see. Oh, it always is. And, uh, of course, uh, that's the first time in a long time I haven't made an opening day. I can't remember what I was doing. You know, I've slept since then. (laughs) But uh, I've always enjoyed coming out opening day, man. I'm old enough, too, that I see people that have been coming for 40 years, sure, sure, that yeah. sort of thing. Right. But that is one. It's almost like a party atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a reunion. I mean, people are they're seeing friends that they've seen for years, and they're all coming just to see their friends again. And then it turns into more not really about catching the fish. It's just being with your friends and family and and. Having a good time. You bet. And being outside again after, after, boy, it seemed like a long winter to me. Of course, I live out in the woods, stayed pretty close to home through all this COVID situation and picked up more jobs and spent a lot of time pounding the keys. I'm really ready to get out, too. I actually got out and mowed the grass the other day, man. That, that's <laughs> something for me. because that's, that's pretty ambitious already. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, uh, I hate mowing grass. That's why I live in the woods. I don't have much of it. I, <laughs> there you go. I got very tired of mowing grass while I was right here at Merrimack Spring Park. Gosh, 40 years ago, that's been a long time, but yeah. i got to say, man, the park still is beautiful or more beautiful than, than ever. I commend you guys for doing the things you're doing, and, Thank you. and uh, particularly you, 
Kendra, I'll brag <laughs> on you because you're doing the things that are near and dear to my heart, you know, with the interpretive services. And, and you you guys have just come up with some really exciting programs in a short period of time you've been here. I think you guys must have been planning this far ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just taking down notes and, uh, you know, over the last 12 years, I guess that's since uh, I've been here at Merrimack and, you know, you just take a few ideas and just think about them and, and mull them over every once in a while and finally get the opportunity to put some of those into, into action and away we go. Well, one of the most interesting, we've talked about this several times, is the uh, pollinator program. Yeah. You guys tell me a little bit about that and, and what stage you're in now. I know you've been into it a year or two now. So two years ago, we, we received the grant from the Xerxes Society to kind of to hold our hand and, and and with the James Foundation and say, here, we're going to help you establish some of these pollinator fields. And and what that kind of turns into is we're switching about 140, 150 acres of old uh, fescue fields, which is cool season grasses, and which were primarily used for hay. Um, and we're going to turn those into pollinator fields. And to do that, it's a Everybody gets real excited, and then I have to tell them to calm down. It's, it's, it's going to be about. Three, I was the same way. I'm three three I, years. You know, we're going to we're going to yeah. move the monarch uh, migration. You know, right. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a year. It takes some some planning just to get the ground ready to go, and then uh, and then we're going to start planting fields and and acres and acres of uh, wildflower seed. And so. That is just incredible. And, you know, it is a park. I know there was farming operation back here mm-hmm. when Lucy Wortham James was here, sure. and that's been certainly a part of the history. But I don't think too many people really understand that. Or people are more into what they can see currently, right. you know. And when these hay fields turn into brightly colored wildflower fields and we really begin to see the the butterflies and whatever else comes with them you know it's going to be an incredible sight it will and and it's been fascinating to watch i think over the last decade you probably know more so than i do uh kinder but it seems like in the last decade 15 20 years people have really uh gotten interested in the pollinators Mm -hmm. because we've seen so much material out there everything from movies to uh written material about pollinators and uh a bad situation we're in, particularly with the bees. Exactly, exactly. Well, where do you, uh, how many years do you think, more years it'll take West to get this up and running to the point that you're you're hoping to, to see? I'd say, I think in two years we'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I wow. mean, we have one more year with our uh, our soybean farmer to, to right. plant those again, which helps us uh, remove the fescue. Right. So the you know the ground is kind of like a clean slate, and then we can put the wildflower seed down, and then after that, you know, the first first year you see a lot of annual like yellows and and uh, coreopsis and stuff right. like that, and then then as those uh, plants mature, then you start to see like coneflower and blazing star and that kind of stuff. Oh, I love all of those wildflowers, and that's going to be another attractant for park visitors as well. It's not just about the pollinators, right? Yeah, it's going it's going to have to be a real showy field of color sure. for a period of time yeah we and we drove through it the other day just kind of thinking about how we would um how we can showcase that so you know what we probably will do is once it becomes established we'll cut some trail 
through it. So that way we can do some interpretive kiosks along the way that talk about pollinators and talk about the plants. And then people actually can hike through that, that pollinator field. And so we were kind of laying it out the other day, looking at, you know, we want to have some stretches where they're out in the open, but no one's going to want to walk through the entire open pasture in July. So, you know, maybe we weave in and out of the trees so they have some shade, and then they can go out. And well, I got all kinds of ideas about that. Don't forget the old people. You know, yes. we'll need ice cream stands, and ice, ice tea stands. <laughs> yeah, right. yep. plenty of benches along the way. Every hundred yards. Right, yeah. yeah. But it is going to create such opportunities. Because I'm, I'm a huge wildflower fan. I've probably got thousands of slides. My wife asked me every year, I'll take off, you know, for a weekend. Of course, now being semi-retired, I could go during the week. And I head out to different favorite places. I've got across the Ozarks for wildflowers. She said, you've already got lots of slides and photos of those. I, well, they might be a little different this year. The colors might be <laughs> right. brighter or something. Sure, yeah. But, yeah, it's just addicting like anything else we do in the outdoors, you know. Yeah. I look so forward to spring, boy. And, and, of course, I love fall, too. But those are my two favorite seasons. But they're both way too short. So you got to take are. advantage of them while they're, while they're there. Sure, yeah. But for, what about you? Kendra, you mentioned trails, and I know that you guys built a, a, a new trail up around the mine area uh, a while back. Uh, any more trails developed or anything in the works? Or um, Well, we have we have one that we flagged last year. So we flagged two last year, and we built one. Right. Um, so we have another one we flagged, and we're kind of looking at how, what we want to do with it, whether we want it to be just a straight hiking trail, whether we want it to be a multi-use trail for um, mountain bikes and hikers, uh, because it does come in close to where there's a proposed access point from the Ironworks bike trail that comes right. from St. James. So um, we met with some people last week, last mm-hmm. week, I think. Yes. And um, kind of talked about what we could do and, um, you know, cause we want something that everybody can use, but we don't want something that's going to be a lot of extensive repair work. Right. Um, so yeah, that's always a concern. It is. So that's but, one we're working on. Oh, great. But that'd be a, a great boon to the area. If you can hook up for the trail coming from St. James, mm-hmm. I, I saw, I think you and the kids were on the yes, four city trail. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, quite enamored when they built that. And that thing's got a lot of usage. It's, yeah. it's amazing yes. how far people come to use that, that trail. And it gets, by members, gosh, it's probably been, I was back in there before, long before that was ever a trail. Uh, John Wiley used to be the naturalist for the Department of Conservation probably 40 years ago, uh, was just a walking encyclopedia. And he had a couple of MDC guys, myself, we were touring that area. And I think there was like 40 acres there, pretty rough and rugged. And boy, just some beautiful sights back there. And and just kind of teasing, I made the comment. Oh, I'd love to have a house set right here. John Wiley must have jumped three feet off the ground. <laughs> I mean, I got a lecture right on the spot. You know, that's why we're trying to preserve this. We don't want him there. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, I, I just tease him. Well, that's funny. He didn't think that was a very good thing uh, yeah. to tease about. You know, I mean, he was dead serious. And mm-hmm. of course, I appreciate knew exactly what he's talking about. But we're fortunate to have. Uh, that kind of property so close to St. James. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot going on for us around sure. here with all the trails, and you guys are coming up with new ideas all the time. 
But Kendra, I want to ask you about programs. You've done sure. a lot of special things since you've, you've been here with kids and activities, and I understand you've got some summer help. What, what do you got lined up for this summer that's going to be well, special for particularly kids to enjoy? I, you know, I don't have it completely planned yet, because last year was the first year we had a seasonal naturalist, and I was excited. I was gung-ho, and then the pandemic hit, and that really oh, kind of changed. Yes. Yeah. our plans so it'll, it'll double this year though. right we'll see um so you know we have a i have a pretty good um repertoire of programs already and we're looking at maybe adding some other ones but um we will probably do some of what we did last year just seeing how things go this summer where we are at with the pandemic um and they seem to work really well because it's been a lot of men numerous years since the park was really seen as having a good interpretive right. um, background. So what we did last year is we actually set up our little pop-up tent kind of out along the sidewalk. And we did kind of the impromptu type programs where we right. would be there for one or two hours and we would advertise it as a program, but people didn't have to stay. They could come, uh, we would talk to them, and then they could leave. So they could stay as long as they wanted. We set it up open air so we didn't have people, right. you know, packed into the education room. Um, so we'll probably do some more of that. Um, surprisingly, we've had quite a few schools calling to schedule programs. Um, last year, I had all but five days scheduled in May, and we had to cancel all of them because the schools were out. Right. Um, but they are calling, not as in big in numbers this year yet, but um, they're calling and scheduling programs. So I'm hoping that'll carry through into June with summer schools. Um, We get a lot of summer school kids that come out to the park, and then we'll be doing weekend programming, some hikes. We'll probably do some guided hikes, um, things along those lines. That's awesome because uh, I've always felt like as great as our conservation department is, it seemed to me like there's just kind of a dead spot close to us. I mean, where's the next closest interpretive program? Maybe at Merrimack State Park? Yeah, Onondaga, Merrimack. um, Yeah. Yeah, but we just haven't had anything here uh, ex- except Merrimack. Now, back in the day when uh, City Park, St. James Park, was still with the James Foundation, we tried some interpretive programs up there, mostly signs, but boy, did the vandals ever get to those in oh, a hurry. Man. I mean, oh. big four by eight mm-hmm. signs down towards yeah. the giant's chair and that sort of thing. And I said, you know, the feeling that's pretty disheartening. And, of course, Wes, you were just chasing trout thieves this, <laughs> no. this morning. So uh, sometimes, you know, our main focus, we get distracted from it because of the everyday working problem that you have in a park system. And you guys, uh, I'm sure, get a daily dose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but that's not what you like to think about and concentrate on. You like right, to think yeah. about the positive and put the good programs out there. And uh, you guys have certainly – I'm. I think you've really perked St. James up since you guys have taken over the helms. And uh, I'm just hearing lots of good things. People are happy and excited about the programs. It, I noticed Kendra's the social media guru for the James Foundation. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I look, I look, it's hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand because I'm doing that stuff every day of the, of yeah. the world. That's uh, a full-time job. It is. It, it, it really is because the thing is, I know in my business, you know, and I represent several different companies, but you have to keep their presence out there every day. It's mm-hmm. just like people get in the habit of drinking their coffee and looking at something that Bill Cooper mm-hmm. or Kendra posted. I look for your post. Oh, thanks. And I often share them because I, th- I think it's important. And I'm as, 
I'm as excited as you guys are about this. Like, I don't, I don't have to deal with it every day. Like, you, yeah. you know, I can jump up and go to Yucatan or go to Alaska in August. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, but it's always good to come back home and to see the good things that are going on. Okay. Well, if people want to get a hold of you guys to hey, schedule a program with you, Kendra, or find out something about the park, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you give the give us a call at 573-265-7124 is the office number, or just check out our website at www.merrimackspringpark.com. Easy enough. And I noticed, Kendra, you, you had some problems last year, I guess, with the website, and you kind of redid all that? Yeah, so we, we have redone the website. Um, that is something that is not in my skill set, so we have someone that's doing that. But the oh. Facebook, we did lose our old Facebook page, which... Um, was extremely frustrating because we oh, really had that built before. Yeah, we yeah. really built you know this following. I mean, I had a gentleman and his wife. Um, the very last program before we lost our page um, was a historic tour of the ruins, and I only had like four people show up, but two of them drove all the way from Kansas City oh, for it, and they saw it on our Facebook page. Right, and so the very next day, I couldn't even get into it anymore. It had been hacked, and we lost control of it. So we do have a new Facebook page. It's just um, Merrimack Spring too. Park, yeah. So, and that's another way people can contact us sure. through Messenger on there. And um, if they can't make it out, then keep up with what's going on. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then they can. At home crying their tea. <laughs> We'd yeah. rather you'd come though, but yeah. hey, I'm Bill Cooper, Wes and Candace Swee. Thank you guys. You're welcome. Thanks welcome. for having us. Thank I, you. I hate to leave, but I got to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms. Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.